You are listening to episode number 13 of the Healthy Essentials podcast. Today, we are interviewing one of my favorite experts, Deborah Atkinson. I was actually introduced to her by my mom. We were driving to one city that I am directionally challenged with, you know, somewhere out east, um, and we were driving in the car, and all of a sudden, this amazing radio voice came on. I was like, who is that? Deborah Atkinson, if you have never heard of her before, she's the creator of Flipping 50, a program that is designed specifically for females who are approaching the menopause stage. It's also Flipping 50. It's how to be healthy for the rest of your life. So I thought we'd take a little bit of a different perspective today and interview her on some of the things that some of us younger people, because let's be honest, most of my crowd is under 50, um, should be doing to prep for Flipping 50 so that we can be healthy and vibrant and have a life full of longevity um, after the age of 50. So we are welcoming Deborah Atkinson onto the show and you can find her at Flipping 50 TV. A huge shout out to today's sponsor, Love Good Fats, a Toronto-based company that specializes in making rapper-looking-worthy keto bars packed with healthy fats, clean protein, and a whole lot of fiber. If you're addicted to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, their chocolate peanut butter will be your new favorite go-to snack. With flavors ranging from mint chocolate to peanut butter, dark chocolate almond, coconut chocolate chip, peanut butter and jelly, and chocolate chip cookie dough, they have a flavor for everyone. The best part about Love Good Fats? Each bar contains less than two grams of sugar and an average of four to five net carbs. Hello, keto-friendly bars. So yes, you can eat healthy and have your chocolate too. And to sweeten the deal, all bars are free from soy, sugar alcohols, and gluten. Order your bars online today at lovegoodfats.ca and use the discount code LINDSAY1234 for 20% off your order. being one of them uh, but it's just a, a passion project of mine that I've wanted to do for a while and just it's it's going to come together I just know I have to be patient but um, I can't thank you enough for coming on because I I know it's a big deal to volunteer your time but um, just because it's so small so thank you well you're welcome yeah good yeah. luck thank you thank you okay <laughs> so we are welcoming Deborah to the interview today hi how are you I'm well thanks so much for having me I'm so excited to be interviewing you today because it's actually my mom that introduced me to you. Uh, we were in the car driving, I think it was to a quilt store. My mom is a huge quilter and her podcast came on. It was like flipping 50. I was like, what is this? And uh, she's like, oh, you would really like her. So we let it roll for about 45 minutes. I was like, I need to talk to this lady. So first off, you have an incredible radio voice. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> Thank you. you. You know, I hear that and yet... You know, I never hear it because you sound so strange when you listen to yourself that I will never believe that. <laughs> well, I laugh too because I listen to podcasts or audiobooks at about two and a half, three times the speed. So when I hear their normal voice, I'm like, wow, it's a lot deeper than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kicking off today's episode. We are talking with the expert of Flipping 50. So the the cool part about today's podcast it's it's different because my audience is probably like women between about like 20 40 and um, around that age age range and my mom is probably close to like she won't want me to tell you but she's past 50 and uh she implanted the idea she's like you know what you should do for your community is to ask an expert what they should be doing now to make sure that when they flip 50 that they're feeling fabulous when they do so so that's why i brought you on today because i want to share I want to share all of your expertise and your knowledge with them, um, well, obviously, to clearly, listen to your voice. <laughs> clearly, I think that your mom is brilliant, so you yes. have to pass that along. 
Yeah, she'll listen to this episode and she'll probably share it and be like, highly recommend. So I want to tuck in and just tell me all about you. So how did you get started? What's your background? Where do you go to school? Introduce us. Oh, so good. So all the dirt way back there. So, <laughs> so quite honestly, I will have to tell you right now, I'm preparing for a party. Okay. And you have to come as what you wanted to be when you were growing up. So I'm reviewing all of this history right now and I'm going as Jane Goodall. So I totally wanted to live in the jungle with monkeys and chimpanzees and have a pet chimp. And then I realized that my idea of camping was Marriott. That probably was not going to be a very good fit <laughs> for me. So, um, I was always an artist. So as a child, I, my favorite things were new pens, pencils, markers, watercolors, and a pad of paper was coveted. So I uh, went to college for graphic design, actually. And it was about that time that I had discovered self-initiated fitness. So I'd always been active in high school, but at a really small school, you know, everybody plays and is an athlete and that's kind of where I fell. And, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I really, you know, was between high school and college that I began walking and that became jogging and that became running. And, and my lifestyle was really changing and it was changing me and I knew it. I was aware of it. And at that point, graphic designers smoked and drank and stayed up all night to do their projects. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I don't fit in right here. <laughs> so I put one foot on one side of the fence and the other, you know, left it. And I, you know, tried both out for a semester to see which one really grabs me. Had some great instructors and changed my major. And I think my parents still were scratching their heads like, what are you majoring in? And, and <laughs> basically it was, you know, back then it was, I was majoring in aerobics. You know, I wanted to combine dance and exercise science and nobody was really doing that yet except Jane Fonda. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, long story short, I kind of grew up with the fitness industry. So as you know, step became a thing and, uh, the slide became a thing and then spinning yes. became a thing. I got them one by one. So, um, many of our students, I taught at Iowa state for 15 years after I was done with school and grad school. And, you know, many of our students now and people who come out, I mean, it's gotta be overwhelming because you're thrown into all of it all at once. And, um, so I work a lot training, uh, trainers and health coaches, you know, how to, you know, really get a niche and figure out what it is that they really want to do and how to sell and how to market and position themselves. Mm -hmm. So the reason I am still doing what I'm doing for consumers, for women who are flipping 50 is because there's a huge need and a niche and I am living the meta that I talk to them about, that I talk mm -hmm. to trainers about. So there was demand. Baby boomers weren't being heard. Women were going to their doctors being told, well, you know, welcome to menopause. This is it. What do you expect? As if there's nothing they could do. There's no, you know, lifestyle habits they could change. Nothing was going to help. And sure, they were going to gain weight and then, then they were going to get old. And that was that. And, you know, yeah. 
we knew, you know, there was something better. We'd already begun to kind of lift up the research and we do better. And so the closer I got personally, as is true with a lot of individuals, when you go through a problem and maybe you hit rock bottom, then, you know, you realize So what I learned is women were being told by their doctors that, you know, welcome to menopause. This, you know, you're, this is what you should expect. You're going to gain a little weight in menopause. You're getting older. And as if that was something they should simply settle for. And likewise, they were told the same by their trainers. So I knew because I'd been kind of an old soul since college, I'd worked with a lot of older adults, primarily women from the time I was 22, um, I'd been raised by older parents and older siblings, and I was doing research long before I appreciated and knew I was doing research. Mm-hmm. So I was given them older adults when, um, you know, I was younger and didn't get it. But as I got into my 40s, I also you know, needed something different. I turned my world upside down and left all safety, security, and, you know, TIAA craft and insurance and um, said, I'm going to go and share with other fitness professionals what we've done systematically to increase our revenues very consistently, very predictably over the worst economy ever back in 2006 and you know that six or seven year period when it was really tough so I needed to have a hand in working with consumers to stay relative so I narrowed my focus to these women who were telling me nobody gets us nobody's helping us And, you know, a 22 year old redhead trainer certainly does not get what I'm going through. (laughs) And no offense to you, 22 year old cute trainers, but it's hard. We can't accelerate your life experience. And it is hard to put yourself in the shoes of somebody 30 years older. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I know that there are those of you out there who would be excellent with this population, even so, but it will take a little convincing. (laughs) So don't give up if you have to, you know, keep fighting to get the client that you want. Um, But that said, I, 
I, at 49, was going through, um, you know, I had lots of urgency, lots of stress, and I had about 14 or eight major life changes in 14 months. And oh, wow. Yeah. Some of them <laughs> I counted on, but most of them I had not. And, uh, and so I realized while I was going through that, that my exercise was very limited. I was exercising maybe 20 minutes a day where, you know, being a fitness professional, many of us are, we're teaching lots of classes. We're very active, even just up and down with clients if we're trainers. Yeah. And, then, and then most of us do our own workout on top of that. So it's extremely active. But I went from hours, you know, a day of exercise to 20 minutes. What I found is I was getting better results. I was looking better, feeling better, even though I was under tons of stress. I was getting tons of compliments. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, something is going on here and I need to kind of unpack it. So I began to dive into the research much more about hormone balancing exercise and you know, what's happening when you're under stress and the effects of stress on women in perimenopause. Because even though I wasn't, wasn't having night sweats and hot flashes, you know, at 49, you know that you're in it, you know Mm -hmm. that you're there. And um, so that's where my research really began. You know, I think lots of the best experts are born out of somebody who's walked the talk, they've gone through the hard things and they've figured out a solution for themselves that then they find out, you know, how would this work for other people and create a system so you can do it. And that's really what Flipping 50 is. It is truly the after 50 fitness formula for women. There's an if this is going on, then that for these women that we can walk them through. And we've helped over 150,000 women do it in the last five years. It's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you touched on so many good points in there. And I'm trying to remember all the bullet points that I made in my head. But the the first was when you're coaching trainers now. And I think when people start to get into fitness, they are completely overwhelmed with where to start. Some people say walking. Some people say go right to CrossFit. Some people go to powerlifting. And then there's like the whole slew of bodybuilders at the gym and I I don't know where I fit in kind of thing. And they, of course they have aerobics classes as well, but for someone who's just getting started, they don't really know what pool to tuck into. I think that what you've created is so realistic for them to actually get started, get motivated and to feel confident in what they're doing and performing in the gym Um, and do it safely too. That's a big thing. It, It is a big thing. And by the time you're, you're in midlife, I mean, you've, You've played a lot. You've had a lot of fun. You've maybe done some things that weren't very smart. You know? <laughs> so you have some aches and pains. You yes. have, you're not broken, you know, for sure. That's not the message we want to put out there. But, you know, your knees have had some wear and tear, or maybe it's a shoulder for you or a hip for you. And so women are coming with, I want these goals. I want to feel like this. I do still want to care about my skinny jeans, you know, mm-hmm. or, or my, what I call the back of the closet clothes. Yes. And, I love that. <laughs> and, and don't hurt me. You know, they, they want all of it and we yeah. can do that. And I, and I've seen that mentality shift too. And in, in some of my clients, um, 
know they're some of them are closer to my age because they definitely relate to me but uh some of them are closing and, and uh, encroaching upon menopause but their mentality shifts from they might have lifted a lot heavier when they were younger and now they're like I don't want to be crazy sore tomorrow I want to be functional and I don't want to break myself I'm looking for health that's it um and I and I love that and I remember looking at and watching some of the videos that my mom was uh my mom was using when she was going through your program and the workout guides. And I loved it. I loved the pictures. I, but I also just loved how organized it was. And it was, again, I go back to that word realistic for them to include in their daily regime. It wasn't hours and hours out of their day. It was just simple 20, 30, 45 minute slots. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's another one of the obstacles that women and, and I'm not sure this is an age-related thing. I think this is humanity today. We're all juggling so many things. And, and unfortunately, we're kind of rewarded for doing it. We wear it like a badge of courage. You know, how busy are you? That's kind mm-hmm. of what we, what we end up doing. But we are limited by time. And women who are in midlife, you know, maybe approaching 50 and 60s and 70s, truly are the sandwich generation. They've got older aging parents or maybe just older aging family members that are close by and young adult children that may or may not still be dependent on a credit card and, Mm -hmm. and career. They're often at midpoint in their career, which, you know, brings with it additional money, but also responsibility and people, calling or emailing. So there's, there's a lot going on at midlife. Yeah. And I, and what I like when uh, you said this, I about uh, less is more, I think that's the way that you phrased it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were talking about how your, your exercise routine dropped from yes, spending a, multiple hours a day on your feet um, and, and training clients and, co- and actually teaching classes to exercising for 20 minutes a day. So for individuals who are wearing the busy label and, and the hat and just taking on more than they can handle, can you, uh, can you elaborate on the, the less is more and what you did and, and how that works? Absolutely. And I can break it down and put it into these terms. You know, I call it, uh, and I'm not, I realized very recently, I'm not the only person and I may not be the first person. I certainly don't have a trademark on this, but <laughs> I call it the, it's the 20-20-20. So it's kind of having 20 vision with your workout. And, you know, on any given day, if you have a lot of time, great, you can expand it. But usually I was choosing just one. So it was 20 minutes of some kind of cardio. It might have been interval training, but it also might have been, this is just a, you know, a brisk dog walk, you know, around the neighborhood. It might have been yoga or mobility of some kind, and it might have been strength training. And if I had an expansion of time, say I had 40 minutes, I could do two of those. But my time was usually such that I could count on 20 minutes once and usually different 20 minute blocks as opposed to one long expansion in the end that we know now is much more hormonally friendly but the other thing that makes it so is when you have 20 minutes you make every second count it's not like if you say i've got an hour to work out when you watch people working out for an hour at the gym you see a, an awful lot of phone checking <laughs> right guilty yes yep. very guilty yeah but so, go ahead oh no no <laughs> um 
I love that. I love the 2020 rule. And if I think back to it now, and I've walked into the gym where I had 30 minutes at most, Mm -hmm. and that was the toughest workout I've ever done because there was no rest. Whereas, you know, there's been times where you can kill, depending on what you're doing, if it's a power lifting or whatever your rep or your set scheme is, you can definitely burn a couple hours easily if you're resting for two, three minutes. So I, I love that the, the 2020 rule, and it's almost like a challenge that you have to impose on yourself. If give yourself that timer of 20 minutes, get in and get out. And then it really opens your eyes to, I have to be more efficient, but also choosing safe exercises that are going to help me balance my hormones and uh, live your health, healthier lifestyle in general. That's so true. And it's, it stays mentally engaging too. I think when you're, when you're looking at, okay, this is a puzzle, right? So in 20 minutes, what am I doing with those first five, the next five, the next five, the next five, and it goes very quickly. And I think to some people who, unlike probably you and I, who were drawn to exercise and we, we like it, we'll do it no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, other people who are not quite that in love with it, that's a way to stay engaged mentally as well as physically being there. Well, it's, it's funny because I think about two types of people who would walk in with the 2020 mindset. And I think one person would say, Ugh, I only have to do this for 20 minutes. Whereas we would say we only have 20 minutes. Right. So, <laughs> totally different. But Great it, point. Yeah. yeah, but it works too. And, and I just posted this actually today. Uh, I was talking about an experience going shopping last weekend. And I said, when in doubt, I will always choose working out over shopping. And you know, it comes down to what you're, what you're passionate about. But I think one of the, the perks of our jobs, that's no different than graphic designing or being an artist, you get to be creative on the canvas, but we get to be creative with the workouts and, and what we essentially get to engineer or what that puzzle looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, uh, the most fun jobs that I have when I go to the gym, I'm like, what do I want to do today? How do I want to challenge myself and how creative can I get? Mm-hmm. Yep, Exactly. And I think, you know, if we can empower our clients to do a little bit of that, just teaching them a little bit of program design, I think, you know, there are trainers who might fear doing that, figuring if I give them the keys to the car, they're going to drive away. I think what you'll, what you'll end up doing is getting more compliance because there's more trust and there's, I'm learning this, I'm, um, you know, if they gave me that, then I'm going to learn more and I'm going to continue to, you know, gain by um, following, you know, and, and people love to learn. They love to learn the why I'm doing this, not just the what and the how, but why am I doing this and how is that helping me to my goal? So fun. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I found that, um, so for, for my schedule right now, I bounce between a couple cities, so I don't get to see my clients on a routine basis. So I'll see them once a month, twice a month, a couple times more, but I'll do some of their programming on the side for them to do while I'm away. So half of them do it and other, the other half don't, but I find that the ones that I give a, a general structure, it's almost like a skeleton. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, this is, this is how I want you to break down the first 20 minutes of your workout. The last 20 is going to be whatever, whatever fun activity you want to do, whatever cardio you want to do, maybe some sprints. Um, but I also find too, that naming the workouts, if I give them a couple that I program like uh, death by burpee they think about it in a little bit more of a fun, fun perspective or fun mentality. And then I usually get the text afterwards with like the skull emoji or like the I am dying text. 
<laughs> and it's fun because it only increases uh, compliancy, but it also, again, starts to change their mindset of, okay, working out is both good for me, but it can also be entertaining as well. So good. That's great. Yeah. Well, the next topic that I wanted to tuck into, so you covered in terms of how you started Flipping 50, and I love that you started in graphic designing because my thought process is, okay, that's how her website is so gorgeous. If you haven't been there, it's stunning. Um, And you have fantastic pictures. I'm like, she definitely works out, but she is also very healthy. So I love that. Um, Can you touch on in terms of, say say we have a younger, uh, younger audience following us and you dropped a couple words like, perimenopause and menopause and they're like what is that I have never heard of that nor should I have to worry about that for 30 plus years can you kind of talk about what they should be expecting when they hit around like 40 45 and what they should be I guess preparing themselves for in the future absolutely okay so what should you be afraid of right (laughs) (laughs) so I don't want to paint a picture of doom and gloom first of all because Every woman is going to go through perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause of some kind. You may have it imposed if you ever, if you've got to get a hysterectomy, it could happen a lot earlier than, than midlife. But generally in the 40s, perimenopause will set in, but it can be up to 10 years long. And yet every woman's experience is different. Some don't even know, you know, that they're in it, but a lab test might show that Compared to, say, when you were 30 or you were 35 and in childbearing years, your hormone levels have changed. So we know that, you know, things are starting to trend downward and that's an indication that you're in that perimenopause. Signs and symptoms outwardly, the things that clients will come to us and talk about or that you might be saying of yourself is, you know, maybe you are having hot flashes or night sweats or you're um, having a little brain fog, you know, you just don't have the clarity that you normally do where, you know, anybody can have an off day and maybe you notice this most when you've got sleep deprivation Yes, and, and, and women in midlife have a lot of sleep deprivation because part of what hormones do when they start to tank is to upset your, you know, regular sleep habits. So you can be staring at the ceiling at 2 a.m. and unfortunately feel like you don't want to get out of bed at 8 a.m. And that's backwards of what we would hope usually is the case. So sleep is an issue. Because it is, it will affect a lot of other things. And putting on weight around the belly is common. And I want to be careful that I clarify. It's common that means that a lot like labs, you get labs back and you're, you're told you're in the norms, but if you feel like crap, that's what you better pay attention to. Mm -hmm. The norms are going to reveal to us that there's a lot of people included in those norms that don't feel very good. So I don't think any of us wants to aspire to be in the norms We want to be in optimal levels, not in the normative levels. So if we have good habits for different lifestyle things that highly impact our hormonal balance, you may never have to get to the point where a lot of women are now. We're just discovering, huh, had I done that, had I had this for a habit, I might be feeling better right now. And, and it's possible to change how they feel. 
based on changing those habits, no matter when they start. But if you start now and you're in your 20s or your 30s, you're going to feel a whole lot better when you go through the whole thing and maybe faced a whole lot less. Yes. And I love that. And I think you, uh, you brought up a good point too, is no one wants to be within those norms. And uh, I was talking with my naturopath about this too, because the moment I, I donated blood probably about for the last nine months, so three times. And I, I was at, I was about borderline being deficient in iron and, uh, and my tests came in and they were within the norm, but they were one point above being in the low range. And because of that, they wouldn't have called it. Whereas I finally talked to her and she's like, Nope, you're way too low in my, in what she considers her range. And so obviously we started supplementation, but I think that's, that's a key indicator in terms of like where, hmm, I don't want to, don't want to open up a can of worms, but uh, we, we don't want to be within those norms. We want to be not within the, the failure to thrive to the point where we need help, but also we want to be again, away from the, the normal and just again, optimizing and being in the best range, right? Best range, optimal health kind of. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, you mentioning that maybe you're working with a naturopath or a functional or an integrative doctor, other words mm-hmm. that are used the same, same terminology, you know, and same kind of training. It's a little different than just Western trained medical physicians. And I think that's the difference is they realize that in 2019, not too many of us want to settle for average. We, we want to thrive and, you know, finding what's it going to take to be at that optimal level and, uh, you know, and nailing that, I think making it clear to your provider or practitioner, here's what I want. This is what I want to feel like. And yeah. this, and this is not it. <laughs> if it's not. And it's, and it's so true. And it's almost like we have to go in with, uh, I think it's Danelle Laporte, her um, soul. Uh, I forget the name of the book. Anywho, but it's, it's cultivating how you want to feel. And you almost have to walk in with that map <laughs> to your doctor. And it's like, this is what I would like, please. So, yes. Yeah. No. And I, and I love that. And I'm, and I'm always curious to know. So I'm wondering if you can walk us through a day in your life. So I guess, Actually, let's do this in two parts. So what would your day have looked like when you were, we'll say 25, 25, and then now? So if you can give us a comparison of the two and how you've changed things so that they can be um, hormonally friendly, I guess is a good word to say. Wow. Great question. So, you know, the irony in that is I'm even thinking about my answer is, you know, I have had many of the same habits for a really long time. So I'm an early riser naturally. If the sun is up, I want to be up. I don't want to miss it. And that has also always been my best creative time. So I used to do a lot of writing. I am sure I embarrassed myself a lot by submitting a lot of articles as if I were an expert when I was 25. But <laughs> You have to though, you have to go for it. And, and then that's when you learn rejection doesn't hurt as much as you think it's going to. <laughs> but Okay, so early, early riser, you said. Yeah, very early riser and um, like to do creative work at that point. So if I come back over here to what's true now is I guard that morning time with my life. So I do get up and I work usually three to four hours first thing in the morning before I do anything else. So I may be enjoying 
some, you know, match to tea while I'm doing that or a cup of coffee and drinking down a lot of water and hydrating. But I usually don't exercise first thing. I get that work done first because that is creative time and brain time that I'll have some good moments later in the day, but I will never have that. So I don't turn on my phone. I don't turn on my email browsers. I'm just doing the creative work early on. And that actually has always been true. What's true now is it's more keyboard than it is pen on paper or pencil on paper. And I don't love that because we're more creative when we use the paper. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you just (laughs) described, I do the exact same thing in the mornings. Uh, My friends hate me because they're like, I can't reach you until one o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) But it's so true. And I find uh, I'm actually reading the uh, the 5 a.m. club right now by Robin. Sh- uh, I, I will never Sharma, I believe is his last name. But um, I love same thing. Waking up first thing in the morning, you have that creative time. Phones off, you, and I'm either drawing or writing, um, and then you kind of have that slow start to your morning. But it's where all of the creative juices are flowing because you you don't have anything incoming or being bombarded with texts or text messages or anything like that. Um, but the other way that I think about it too, is it's really, it's a lot of creative juices first thing in the morning, but then I try to think about what tasks I can do, I guess, when I'm a little bit dumber. So as the day goes by, I find that I don't make my best decisions, um, or it's more, it's more of like the laughable things, (laughs) but I love, I love that ritual. And I, uh, I love hearing that you've maintained it for, for so long. Now it's a a habit, no different than exercise and, and working out. Yeah, absolutely. And and yet it's really easy to slip. So like your friends, you know, telling you, I can't get a hold of you. I would occasionally (laughs) run into clients who want that time or even somebody who works on my team who wants to meet at that time. And can we have a quick call? And I've got to be really careful or all of a sudden I'm going to start putting appointments into that time. And I realized uh, because of something really recently, and I can't even put my thumb on it, I moved very recently, and I think I had to block some time off. And what I realized is, okay, Einstein, I'm in control here, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, when I blocked off, here's when I'll take appointments. You can have anything in here, but no, I'm, I'm not available in the morning and I'm not available, you know, after five, because that's not my time in the evening and I'm not going to give it up to somebody else. So just blocking those are really, really key for me. So what I do after that creative time is I actually take an exercise break. So I, you know, I would love to exercise first thing. That's probably what I used to do. And, and yet, you know, of the two, I know that I will exercise. I'm going to do that. It's just, you know, I can't declare when I'm going to be creative. So I've got yes. to put that first. <laughs> but by exercising, you know, I've probably marinated um, some kind of a problem related to work or the, the course I'm creating or the thing I'm writing. And it often gets shaken out you know, because it's marinating while I'm exercising. And so I generally will come back after whatever I've done, but usually something outside for me is best. And 
then I've got another second wind. So I can work again, but in shorter spurts, we have these 90 minutes, you know, um, sleep cycles at night. And we know now that our energy or creative cycles during the day work about on 60 or 90 minutes as well. So mm-hmm. I'll take a break after 90 minutes and not try to beat my head in if I'm working on something, but just work in sprints, small sprints. Here's what I'm focused on. Here's what I'm not going to let in. And um, I'll work like that through the rest of the day. But much like you, potentially I'll put meetings and or then client meetings in the second part of the day because I'm totally able to respond to someone and something else. And I'm ready for that stimulation Mm -hmm. later as well. So, um, and I wind down early. So usually I'm done with meetings um, if possible by four or I'm starting at four and then I'm done at five. I recently did something brilliant (laughs) and I moved from mountain time to Pacific time. So now instead of having five o'clock webinars, I have four o'clock webinars and I realized oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm so much mm-hmm. better at four than I was at five, mm-hmm. you know? So it's good for them. I mean, I'm thinking not, not just me, but it's great for them. And then honestly, I am a homebody and I'm, you know, usually in bed or ready for bed between eight and nine. Oh, I am jealous. I think, well, first off, it sounds like an incredible day, but um, I love I like that you first off incorporated the the breaks because I find that people will, especially if we're working like an eight hour day. So say someone, uh, we're in, I'm in Ottawa. So 90% of the population works for the government and they have hours of either eight to three or yes, eight to three or four and nine to five. And they'll try to work for long, long stretches. And I, the number of times I've, I've heard them say, I have brain fog, I'm tired, I'm lethargic. I have this energy crash that happens at 3 PM in the afternoon and we try to recompose their lunch and it's more just they need to move. They need a little exercise break. So I love that you incorporate that right after the creative time. And then you go into an afternoon that I'm sure meetings don't last longer than an hour or so. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you get up and you move a little bit in between to break things up or to get the juices flowing again. I will. And I, I actually, with some of my clients, depending on what, what level we're at, with short meetings that are sometimes what what we call a fast flip everything is flipping something in my world you know I will actually be walking and I'll let them know you know I'm I'm walking while we're talking and I think as long as you're able to respond and I find sometimes too when I'm moving and having a conversation Mm -hmm. that idea and even if I'm walking outside too ideally not just on a, a treadmill but when I'm walking outside, something can trigger a thought. I'm like, oh, you know, I meant to meant to mention this to you or, you know, here's an idea or here's another way that we can, you know, collaborate or work together or this is another opportunity. But I find that ideas that I typically wouldn't get if I'm sitting at a desk or trying to walk on the treadmill just come pouring in. <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree with that. Yep. Yeah. And so now I'm wondering if you can fill in the blanks a little bit. So we talked about your work in terms of you know, how do you structure your day? Can you talk about how you fuel yourself throughout the day? And then what, what a workout would look like for you, um, say this morning, if you did one or yesterday? Yeah, definitely. Um, so this morning I'll just use as it's a a typical, atypical day, uh, (laughs) a little combination of both. So a big project, we're actually in the middle of a big week. So sometimes the morning does not go as planned and, 
you know, I will start looking at the clock at, you know, like seven thinking, okay, you know, (laughs) been working here for three hours. I really would like to get out the door and not sure how many listeners might be familiar with Scottsdale, but it's cooled down to 108 today. And so if you don't get out the door before seven or so, you're going to suffer later and probably won't go. Yes. And uh, it's not necessarily safe to go either. So, um, but I just had things that had to happen and that'll happen. So by, by nine 30 though, I've done quite a bit of work. I'm finally ready to go. And, you know, I've got to eat something before I'm going to work out if it's going to be of any quality. So that is often the case for me. I will eat something before a workout because I can work harder or I can work longer or both without feeling like it's harder and longer. And, you know, when you have a higher quality energy level, you have a higher quality results. So mm-hmm. um, my pre-exercise things vary a little bit, but depending on the intensity of the work, right? So if I'm going to do interval training, your body works better with a start of some kind of carbohydrate. So if I'm doing interval training, I might do like a hearty rice cake. Lundberg is the brand I go to. Yes. Yeah. With some sun butter or almond butter, you know, spread on the top just enough. So I've got a little fat for, you know, later in the workout, I've got a little carb to start me. And really I have, something that's not going to sit heavy, but it's going to energize me and um, feel good. So I'm not distracted by hunger. Mm-hmm. I also might do a quick, simple shake. So flipping 50 protein shakes come in um, a beef, kind of a hydro beef or yeah. a plant-based. And I'll do that with almond milk or coconut milk. So it don't I don't like to put fat and fiber in it right before I work out because mm-hmm. you want it easily digested and not sitting there like a rock. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that'll be what I'll do primarily before something lower intensity. Either if I'm going for a longer hike, I'm going to do yoga or I'm going to do weight training. So um, today it was actually uh, just a walk because it was already about 100 degrees when I took off. So it being lighter, it was more of a fat and protein option today. Um, And then when I come back, I shoot for, and it depends on the activity. So we don't need to overcompensate, right? If it's a low intensity, short workout, it's not something that requires that you eat afterward. And so we've got to be a little careful with that. But timing wise, I hadn't really had a meal yet. So for me, even though I took a 40 minute walk, I came back and had a smoothie bowl with um, some homemade granola on it that I'm kind of crazy about right now. (laughs) Yeah, I can't have too much of that around for very long because it's really good. So <laughs> my, I can't, uh, I can't make a huge batch for my dad either when I'm home. He'll yeah. eat the entire thing in probably about two days or so. It's yeah. awful. awful. <laughs> yeah. There are just certain things you have to know about yourself. And mm-hmm. I, know, I know that one. Yeah. So then I will, you know, I'm kind of back to um, off and on. I have meetings this afternoon, so some short coaching things. I have had a team meeting today, and I they give me things you have to do, so <laughs> i got to go in there and take care of those things for them, and, and then I will knock off at about four and go 
do a weight workout at the gym and come back and have a, a great meal tonight. So I believe in having a little higher carb count at night to help sleep and boost relaxation in the evening. And I know that that's part of what I coast on in the morning for an earlier workout is what I ate the night before. So it's mm-hmm. really important for, for that reason as well. And something that I like, instead of using the word fitness, you use exercise because I think that as soon as someone says that, or they might hear the word exercise and they're like, oh, okay, I have to, I have to weight train or I have to do really like heavy, high intensity, um, sweaty, <laughs> uh, a sweaty workout. But I actually like when you can, you can pull back a little bit and say exercise, it can be walking, it can be jogging, it can be yoga, something like low stimulus and um, doesn't require, it's not very taxing on your body. So I love that you use exercise and, and movement interchangeably um, instead of just fitness, right? Definitely. And, and we have to plan that. So you've got to have those days in your calendar. You know, we look at weeks as, you know, yep, absolutely. There should be a hard and an intense workout, but you know, you've got to factor in what happened yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow. And those things have to have a relationship. So if you go hard all the time or don't go at all, you're going to be hurt before you're fit. And, you know, you don't want to be saying those famous last words. And this is if you're 20 or you're 30 or you're 70, I was in the best shape of my life before I got hurt. You know, yes. we hear that, hear that too often. So, you know, really you were breaking down, but you just didn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just that tipping point. It's almost like the, the straw on the camel's back. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and it's sad too, but I find that as soon as someone has an injury, they change their perspective around uh, exercise and health completely because now it's more, I want to avoid that. And I, I just want to feel good again. So good. Yes. So, so, so I, true. I've, uh, you know, worked with students for a long time. So while I was in the private sector still working, I was working as a senior lecturer in kinesiology training trainers who wanted to do that when they graduated. And, you know, what we used to tell them, and I used to tell trainers that we hired, trained, and sometimes fired, you know, who worked (laughs) for us is, the three little words, unfortunately, that you're going to hear from people in midlife and older is not, I love you. It is, don't hurt me. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, and there's, I have a couple more questions that I want to ask you because you're just a wealth of knowledge. So if someone had, we'll say, and you'll probably use the 2020 rule again, but say someone had three days uh, a week to exercise and they had, we'll say between 20 and 40 minutes. What should they be doing? Um, and if, if they're, we'll say, 40 years old, uh, they're an office worker, they, they walk around a little bit, but they're pretty new to fitness. What would you recommend that they do on those days to maximize their health, fitness, and to make the most of their time? Great question. And I'm going to have to answer it with a question. Okay. So the very first thing we do is do an assessment of how do they feel now, right? So how do you feel like crap? I mean, are you exhausted? Because I would have you do something very different than if somebody said, no, I'm really high energy. I just want to sustain this and I want longevity. I want to want to age in 10 years really well and optimize that. So it's, uh, you know, and if this, then that. So there is no there is no standard, you know, 40 something, you know, it's um, 
a lot of diversity within any 40 year old, 50 year old, 60 year old or 70 mm-hmm. year old. So you, you got to start with how do I feel right now? Because one of the number one rules we've got is restore before more. So if you want hormonally balanced exercise and you want fitness, it, you cannot dig yourself further into a hole. We've been, we've been many of us who are in midlife and beyond, and I'm hoping this is different for you guys. That I hope so too. <laughs> we've been conditioned that energy creates energy. And we were raised by parents who went through the depression era and you work hard and you get better results. The harder you work, the more better results you get. So women are going all out and they're already exhausted. And they're thinking it's their own fault that they're not working hard enough or they're eating too much. And often someone will give me this whole list of I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm still not losing weight. And my thoughts are, it's because you're doing this and you're doing this that you're not losing weight. (laughs) You just told me all the reasons it's not working and they don't know it. So it's unintentional. But so now if I was going to, you know, give you a real answer for somebody who just wanted to feel good. The, the way I'd answer that is, number one, your priority is to begin adding strength training to what you're doing. Right, yes. right now, yesterday's yesterday, get that done. So two times a week, we're going to make sure that we're doing some strength training. Once or twice, and when you start, it's always the once that you're going to go, you're going to begin to introduce interval training. And no matter who you are, you can do interval training. We, we sometimes think, well, should I do that? You know, I'm 50 or should I do that? I'm 60, you know, but here's the truth. People who have emphysema, you know, COPD, they are using and they do best with interval training. Now it looks very different than it does for some of us who are healthy, but it's not an age related thing. What you're able to do as a beginner is going to be very different than what you can do later. It's like the old, the cliche or the meme, right? You know, what you do today will feel like your warm up in, in, in six months. <laughs> I just said that to a friend. I, I, I know, I think, um, on when, so on Wednesdays I teach a, a group fitness class and the number of times they've said to me, they're like, Lindsay, I think our warm ups are people's workouts, but I've been with them for about a year or so. And, and I tell them, I'm like, and they're getting easier. And they agree, but hesitantly, but yes, they totally agree. So sorry, continue. (laughs) So I would say we start with, you know, one time a week, you're doing interval training twice a week, you're doing strength training and, and then you're also doing some kind of longer, slower workout, ideally outside that's cardio in nature. So if you love to walk or hike, go do it. If you love to bike, go do that. If you'd like to swim, go do that. But outdoors is so much better than a treadmill or an elliptical trainer because there's not a lot of joy on those things, (laughs) right? And that's what you're looking for. It's like, what do you see yourself doing forever? What would, what would make you smile? Like you ate a banana sideways, you know, and if that's ballroom dancing, then let's do that instead of saying what would burn the most calories that's a bad way to start well okay so oh so many nuggets that you just touched on first off when you said smile that's exactly what I was thinking about what would make you smile when you hear you get to do that workout or that exercise so great minds think alike second is I have a a friend 
uh, I call her a friend. I haven't met her in person. She's on social media. She's incredible, but she does ballroom dancing and it's the most inspiring thing ever because I could not dance for the life of me or coordinate my feet. But I think that she's, well, she's turned it into her favorite way to exercise and she's used it to lose weight naturally, but she feels fantastic when she does it. So there's no association to, Oh, I hope I have to wear my, I have to wear my Fitbit. So I see how many calories I burn so I can deduct that for my daily intake kind of thing. So I love that. And there's a third point that you touched on. It was the very last thing that you just said, um, out, it was outside. Yes. Um, my dad, uh, and granted he's not a female, so he's not going through menopause or anything like that, but he's someone who every night he'll take our dog for a walk and he goes outside for probably about an hour or so. He sleeps like a rock. He rises early, exercises first thing in the morning and eats pretty healthy meals from what I can see. He says that uh, he's a teacher. So when he's at school, he's like, I don't make the healthiest choices sometimes, but I, I get the stir fries at the cafe. Um, but he's someone who I, I think about routine and regimen that has been so healthy, doesn't burn out, um, and is essentially just incorporating all of the things to do when you flip 50, but from a male perspective. Yeah. Well, and there is that thing called manopause. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was going to say my, my dad, I think went through it with my mom, maybe about eight years ago or so. That was, that was actually when I was living at home and that was just a treat and a half. I think the next course you should come up with is uh, how to, how to help your mom going through menopause or like what to expect when they're expecting. I think (laughs) that would be really good. (laughs) That is really good. We have not thought about that one. We have, we have actually on our docket for the flipping 50 podcast, uh, an interview with relationship therapist. And so it's this, and this is what the flipping 50 tribe told me. They want to know, how to encourage their spouse to a healthier lifestyle or exercise diet without nagging. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing too, is because our, our partners typically don't understand what we're going through. And, I, and I, this ties back to the point that you mentioned at the beginning when, you know, 21 year old, 22 year old trainers were all very excited when like exercise is easy. Like this should be so much fun. And we, and we try to make it fun. Uh, I think I played like Latino music and summertime music in today's class just to get everyone excited. But it goes back to that, that same principle of what works for one person is not going to work for the other. And especially through different stages of life, that one exercise plan is not going to be the, the be all end all for someone who is going through menopause and they don't have a supportive partner who understands what the hot flashes and the energy crashes and the weight gain. And there's self-esteem and self-confidence that goes along with that too. So it's a, a really, it's a big lifestyle change and switch. And again, it's a, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it's a, it's a, uh, Oh, now I'm stumbling for words because it's, it's probably because it's close to five. That's why our brain powders are turning off in um, Eastern standard time. Um, (laughs) But it's a, it's a step that they're taking towards, towards menopause, but also a big change in their life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you are just an absolute brilliant being. And I love everything that you're doing. And uh, I am so thankful that you took the time to come on to today's podcast. And I I told, uh, I told Deborah before we popped on, it's like, thank you so much. I know we're very small, but we're talking to celebrities. So she's been super, super generous with her time. Um, what I want to do is ask you two last quick questions. And it's if you had to define health in a sentence or two, what does health mean to you? Mm. That would be for me defined as, you know, being able to do all the things you love to do 
with the people you love to do them with for as long as you are taking in a breath. I love that. And it reminds me, my, uh, we went on a skiing trip as our family, um, with our family and my 85 year old grandpa was flying down the ski hills past us. And it, same thing in terms of health. He's like, until I can no longer do it. And he's still super, super healthy. His knees don't like him as much. Um, but it's to that point, I want to be the 85 year old flying down the uh, ski hills. Love it. (laughs) The, uh, the second question that I have, uh, well, I was going to do a food one, but Maybe if you have a quote at the top of your head, do you have any, uh, like a, either a mantra or a, like a manifesto or a quote that you live by? You know, what I'm going to leave you with is one that has stuck out in my head for probably been a decade now. And this was in response to not even a prompt. And it was spontaneous by a personal training client of mine, a woman. She and her husband had been clients of mine for a long time. And spontaneously, we we didn't have the camera on her, but I wish I had. She said, no matter what the question is, the answer is exercise. I love that. I love that because you talked about this at the beginning. It's having that, that break between creative juices and that transition in the day to get the energy back if you're, in a health, if you're already in a healthy position to do so. But I find that anxiety, stress, poor sleep, a lot of it can be resolved just through moving, getting outside, you know, doing a couple jumping jacks or burpees. Yeah, just waking things up, I think, is, you know, your body is just right there. And it's so amazing, right, that we can, at any age, we can rejuvenate, we can change things, it can heal. The human body is amazing if you just give it the opportunity. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. You, oh, you are magnificent. I, like I said, a celebrity talking to you with an incredible radio voice. I, I know you said that you're working on a new course at the moment, but you do have a couple right now. So if people are looking to find and learn more about you, where can they do so and what's the best flat, uh, platform to do so? You can find me at flipping50.com. And awesome. right right now, that's all spelled out. It Very soon, we are acquiring the other domain name. We couldn't get it for years. But okay. Right now, it's all words spelled out. And we do have a course. Um, and now is the right time to get in. It's called the 28-Day Kickstart. And we are doing the last one until we change that and revamp in August. So the time to get in is right now to take advantage of that because it will, time will run out soon. Amazing. And you're on Instagram as well. It's at uh, Flipping50TV. It is. Perfect. And you have a YouTube channel as well with amazing videos. Well, thank you so much. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So Thank you once again for coming on today, for volunteering your time and just for, for sharing. Uh, I cannot wait to share this with my audience because I believe that they're going to get so many hidden gems out of it, but also they will be a lot more appreciative of what their moms are going through and a lot more <laughs> understanding. So thank you. I well, that. thanks so much. It was just a joy and treat to talk to you. Amazing. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. Leave us a review or rating on iTunes or email us directly at lindsay at lindsaymustard.com. If you're ready for more and you're looking to supercharge your health and finally tackle all of the health goals you set for yourself back in the new year, don't miss out on your chance to book a free 20-minute nutrition coaching discovering call with me, Lindsay. 
I've opened up a limited number of spots in my calendar to connect with the individuals who are ready to jump in with both feet to create nutritional habits that'll last a lifetime. There'll be no more worrying about weight loss or why you're constantly bloated, tired, or struggling with mood swings. If you've ever wondered what private nutrition coaching has to offer, this is your time. Click the link in the show notes to schedule a free call with me, Miss Mustard, and leave with the clarity, confidence, and coaching plan that is tailored to your individual needs to take your health to the next level. Healthy doesn't have to be hard, and I'm here to show you how to make it happen. And maybe to convince you to like kale along the way. Spots are limited, so book your call now by clicking the link in the show notes below. As always, if you're looking for one bowl wonder healthy recipes and nutrition tips that don't require you to break the bank, you can find that and much more on my Instagram page at Lindsay Mustard or on my website, lindsaymustard.com. As always, stay rad, friends, and eat your greens.